What? Andy Rice is in a name. I mean, you know, what's what's the old line? Give a dog a bad name and hang him. Um, names are important, I suppose. We stress about what we're going to call our children, what we're going to call our pets. Sadly, not too many people stress about what they're going to call their business or they get a bit too clever for their own good. Right. Evening, Bruce. Um, I think many companies, when they start up, fail to think in the long term as to where the company might go. And they they will create a brand name which locks them into a particular space because that's what they're doing at the moment. And it, it can go wrong in retail. Uh, for instance, uh, you may know about the so-called pound uh, retail wars in the UK, where we had two two brands, one called UK Poundland, sorry, one called Poundland and one called um uh, pound world and they both made the promise um on the on the signage outside every store that there was nothing in there that cost more than a pound because uh, that's what the, the name was meant to demonstrate um in the end uh, of course inflation took over and thing, it was impossible to to maintain that kind of low price um actually steinhoff stepped in and bought one of them so that was doubly bad news um, <laughs> But anyway, I think Poundland actually the, uh, did quite well. I think it was a fairly decent business. It just had a, a slightly dicky owner. Yes, I think you're probably right. But, I mean, we've seen the... Why is it the Persian carpet shops always seem to have a big sign that says, <laughs> you know, closing down the sale? <laughs> Either it's a very dodgy category or the, or the, the ethics are a bit different. But the, the reason I'm, I'm rambling on about all this is I was driving through Tokai uh, a couple of days ago, um, and there was a store called... A big store, too, Going under clothing, and uh, you know that struck me as being a slight twist on the uh, you know the, the closing down sale message. But this is actually the brand name, and I, I think you'll get stuck if you're not careful with that. Because what do they do when they do a lot better and open four or five stores? So are they they change their name to doing a little bit better clothing, or perhaps even three years down the road after that, shooting the lights out clothing? But how do you how do you cope with with defining? Uh, like the state of your business as part of your of your business uh, strategy, I think it I think it's wrong. And even if it was tongue in cheek, I think it, it's taken seriously by enough people that it needs to live up to the promise. Um, I, yeah, be, I'm, I'm curious about it. I really am. I mean, you you you, you brand a business, and it, the, the brand will stick. Super Bowl. I, I kind of went past in a bit of a blur, a bit a bit of a busy weekend. Usually, I kind of pay attention to what's happening on Super Bowl weekend, which is the world's greatest. I'm not advertising event. What's it called? A, a football game, isn't it? Um, but it is an advertising <laughs> event. Well, it is. Yes, I mean, we, it's, this time of year, we always have a quick dip into the stories that surround the Super Bowl. Um, and I did the same at the end uh, uh, yesterday and the day before because a lot of the ads are actually launched ahead of the game. They're not even they're not even making an attempt to to deny the fact that they are a separate exercise almost. But I must say that this year the Super Bowl ads were unspectacular, perhaps to people outside the the US in particular, because they were just high budget one joke uh, little vignettes with every U.S. celebrity and sports star you can think of. And they really were, I, I, normally I just can't wait for Super Bowl time and you find seven or eight absolute gems, but I'm afraid I gave up after a while and I would uh, welcome someone else pointing me in the direction of Super Bowl ads that were good. There was a couple that were quite fun. I particularly enjoyed one from uh, from Volvo's electric vehicle division, as their branding that division, Polar. Um, and they had a, a launch ad for the Polar brand, which basically... Uh, took a, a, a not so subtle dip at uh, its competitors, 
Uh, one of them in particular that stood out was obviously having a dip at Tesla. So one of the one of the things they said they don't do are trips to Mars, and uh, <laughs> they were trying to they were trying to find out that, that, that everybody else does all sorts of outrageous things, but they just stick to the to the, the objective of providing a, a really good electric vehicle brand. Fabulous. Uh, yeah, it's disappointing um, that you know you they they really they've created iconic longevity in advertising often at the Super Bowl and that doesn't seem to have happened this time around. Um, online targeting, I, I, I'm yeah, finding it a little bit disconcerting when you you know search for a dog collar and the next thing there are forty eight different animal products being sort of sent your way, including hay for horses and stuff. Um, are you finding the <laughs> reliability of some of these algorithms a bit dodge yeah, i think some are very dodge um uh, I mean, they should work more or less like the way that you you describe in that they they identify what you're what you're about through your activity online uh, and then the algorithm turns that into a into a, a, a promise or a message for a, an appropriate client um, and one of the easiest things, and not necessarily contingent on social media, but one of the easiest things to have identified would have been the basic demographics of the audience they're trying to reach, including age. So I was a little disappointed when a banner ad appeared on my timeline um, suggesting that uh, if I was about to turn 18, I would be eligible to register some voting process. But... Uh, it struck me that if they, if they think that I might just be about to turn 18, then uh, their, their source of information leaves a lot to be desired. And I think that uh, a lot of people are frustrated with this. But for them to get it out by such a wide margin, of course, is, 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 is quite an achievement. But I do find that the targeting of uh, online advertising, which is meant to be its great benefit, its, its efficiency, its hard work, its lack of wastage, well, I'm afraid that wastage is, is the thing that comes to mind immediately when you try and offer me something that's contingent on me being about to turn 18. The algorithms watch your surfing patterns, Andy, and they see you looking at Xbox ads and all sorts of stuff. No wonder they think you're under 18. Um, your hero <laughs> this week, please. Well, our friends at Retroviral strike again um, with another parody uh, advertisement following the, the, the great success of the parody of the uh, um, octopus teacher, the creepy crawly advertisement. Well, they've, they've done the same. The big, the big talking point uh, in, in consumer media at the moment has been uh, all the stuff that Netflix has been bringing to the market and, of course, the... Um, uh, the Tinder Swindler, which aired, well, first aired some time ago, uh, I think probably a month or so ago. Um, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to try and explain how it works. But no, no, I, I, fell, I, fell asleep about... halfway, I fell asleep halfway through, so I'm, I'm afraid, as, as brilliant as the retroviral take on it might be, I'm, I still don't get it. I need to sort of manage to stay awake long enough to watch the <laughs> the Tinder swindle. It got a bit, little bit shouty and, and repetitive. But, yeah, sorry, Andy, I I suspect you're not alone. Yeah, I suspect you're not alone in that because I think it could have been edited down to about two-thirds of its length and it would have made a very punchy documentary. But but anyway, um, Checkers uh, have stepped in, prompted to do so by um, Retroviral and in support of their uh, 6060 home delivery service. And as I say, I won't explain everything, but the, the principal point is that our, our hero, or rather our, our baddie, uh, is effectively under self-imposed house arrest because he's being chased by his enemies. And uh, that, that was exactly what the, the villain in, in real life thought. 
and, and was caught on camera saying. And of course, the solution is a home delivery service and all of the stuff you can get from Checkers 6060. And you know, I'm not probably not doing it justice, but it, it certainly is nice to see fast responding, creative uh, uh, advertising created uh, specifically to address stuff that's going through them. It's topical advertising. We've spoken about it lots of times before, but topical video advertising is a little more, requires a little more bravery, I think. So a hero status to Checkers 6060 and their, um, their ad agency Retroviral or their project ad agency, I think, Retroviral. And uh, nice little performance there from uh, Glenn Biederman, Pam, uh, who uh, plays the, the, the villain in, in this little piece. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. No, it most certainly is. And you've, I mean, from an agency perspective, Andy, and you've been there, you come up with this brilliant idea. Speed is of the essence, because what I suspect is we're going to get lots of people trying to emulate what Retroviral are doing. Whether they can pull it off to the same degree will be interesting. So uh, the onus is on you to be quick. Um, to be really, really good, have a good, tight script written, um, have your cast in place, um, and then get your client on board as well. Because you've got to, you know, you go, you, you phone up your client and you say, Hey, have you seen my octopus teacher? Have you seen the Tinder Swindler? And they go, Yeah, I'm planning to see it next week. No, you need to watch it now because we've got a great piece of ad content for you. Please <laughs> go, go, go. Um, and everybody's got to be on board at the same sort of time to get the, um, to get the timing of these things right. It's complicated. It is, and, and the fewer people who are involved in the decision-making, the better, because it, it's sure to get held up on someone's desk or in someone's uh, mailbox. Um, and in this case, I think that probably um, uh, Retroviral um, had got the confidence already of the, of the client, and it probably just went to the minimum number of people to get approvals and then gave them the go-ahead to do it, as with um, the Creepy Crawly ad, virtually overnight. So... Courage, speed, creativity, all, all in the mix there. So well done to, to Retroviral and the Checkers 6060 for, for you know, giving them the go-ahead to do it. Brilliant. And then your zero, please. David Ogilvy was once asked, how much copy does an ad need? As if there was a rule. And his very succinct answer, one word, was enough. And very few people um, read their... their um, uh, Ogilvy memoirs often enough because these kind of gems lurk inside them. And I, my, this was brought to my mind when I saw an advertisement for Lamborghini Huracan. Um, not a car I'm ever likely to, to get into and probably not as a result get out of. Um, <laughs> but it's an ad that dominates the page. It's not quite full page. In the, in the business day motoring supplement, I think. But the one thing that you should learn about when you're trying to sell whatever it is, a four million rand car, is that you won't sell it on the features. So, so you, I'm sure in the past I've referred to my love for an ad that launched the BMW 3 Series that simply said across the page, I want it because I want it. That is sufficient. You don't need to go into specifications. And yet this ad for, for the Lamborghini Huracan uh, says, you know, thanks to its V10 naturally aspirated 640 horsepower, that's 470 kilowatts, engine that produces 565 newton meters of torque at 6,500 RPM. For heaven's sake, you're going to decide to go to a Ferrari rather than a Lamborghini because this has only got 6,500 RPM uh, rev limiters on it. I mean, it's it's absolute waste of, of, of money and a complete misunderstanding of how advertising works. You should just get people to... 
um, to look at the, at the at the car and salivate. And then if you try and talk rationally to them in, in those circumstances, you'll get nowhere. I'm afraid it just betrays a lack of understanding of the way communication really works. Hey, can I betray my lack of understanding of how motoring works? Lamborghini. I've always called it Lamborghini, but that's just me. Um, is Lamborghini correct as an Lamborghini? You're, you're probably right. I mean, when, when um, um, Subaru came into the market, or Subaru, oh. and, and Hyundai and Hyundai, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of uh, confusion. But as long as it's not seen as a Ferrari, it can be a Lamborghini or a Lamborghini. Well, they, Fiat, Ford, simple, clear. <laughs> yeah, but they're, ac- they're acronyms. You know, or Ford is, is the name of the founder, obviously, but Fiat Correct. is an acronym for um, factory in Turin, Italy. Um, no, so no, I'd like the whole. I'd, I'd like the whole thing, please. Factory, yes. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's Fabri- Fa- Fabrico Italiano Automobilo Turino. How's that? That's not bad at all. Andy Rice <laughs> knows his cars and advertising and marketing and branding. Thank you, Andy, branding and advertising expert Andy Rice this evening. Heroes and zeros, Lamborghini. I'm going to call it Lamborghini just to upset my children. I think that'll be good. Gets a big fat zero. Hero goes to Checker 6060 and the advertising agency Retroviral for a really speedy turnaround on uh, the, uh, the, 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 the Tinder Swindler documentary that's on Netflix at the moment um, and lots of other stuff that we've talked about, including a disappointing Super Bowl.